Lucas Tigers and Bronze is brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. HGA is revolutionizing the industry by implementing software that will allow them to scan, analyze, and grade cards without subjectivity. This allows for consistent and unbiased grading. They have an easy submission process and best-in-class customer service. Their pricing model is simple. Pay by the day, not by the value of the card. And when they say 10 business days, they mean 10 business days. Can we do an episode and stop talking about NFTs, please? Sure. All right, Luca Nation. Let's welcome you guys back to another episode of Luca's Tigers and Bronze, LTB, as our LTB. Uh, loyal, passionate fans call us. And today's a, today's a great day, and I think it's going to be a great episode because – I mean, we've got a ton of things to talk about. We promised you that we'll be talking a little bit about NFTs and everything. Cage's take on NFTs, and today's a perfect day to do that. I don't know if you saw, Cage, DraftKings is actually launching their own uh, NFT marketplace. They're kind of an That's interesting That's pretty move. cool. Listen, you hear what Gary's saying, right? I mean, that it's basically going to be like everybody's going to issue tickets this way. It's cheaper to do it. It's, everything's going to be NFT. And did, I, I, I did not know about DraftKings, but did you see that the – the Toronto Raptors announced that they were doing their own NFTs. It's in it's keys. They they they. I saw it on Twitter. It's like the Toronto Raptors six keys and it's six different kind of keys, six different like experiences or whatever it is. It's like you know, I mean, everyone's doing. It. You know, the Mavericks are in on it. Um, I guess why the hell not? What do the keys unlock? I don't know. They didn't they didn't give details, but it's like each one's gonna have different experience. I would imagine each one is gonna have a different type of VIP experience and that kind of stuff. I mean, I could take a look if you like. I didn't know we were going in there, but when you say DraftKings, I, I know I I know I, I read something on Twitter from the Raptors account, and it was like you know these cool like blue, red, white keys, you know, it was like a cool looking thing. So, so let's do this. Let's talk a little bit about Giannis. Let's talk. Yeah. About, you'll give your t- take on NFTs, and um, we'll go from there. See how the episode plays out, and then we'll get to plays. I have a uh, I have a really good play today. Though. I think you guys are going to be excited for. So Giannis Cage. I mean, first off, like where where my mind went, and this is probably not exactly where it should go. I'm like, this is what a true champion looks like. And to me, it made me realize how overrated Kevin Durant and Kevin Durant's legacy truly is. Ooh, why do you go know, straight from why do you go straight from one to the other? You always do that. You always, I always do that. Do that. You, know, you know, like it's it's, and, and there's a lot of people out there who love Durant, and Durant might still, you know, be the guy that everybody thinks he's going to be. And we 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 said that we compared, but I mean, you know, just because Giannis is great, we, we don't have to like blow out Durant's candle. Just let Giannis's light shine on its own, you know. All right, positive, Paul. I am. I'm doing my thing. You know where I I'm going to buy Giannis. I'm going to buy Giannis cards, but not because not because he won the championship, not because he scored fifty, not because he dropped a fifty piece, right? With five blocks. It's, it's not Savage the 50 blocks. Piece. So, so it's the 50 piece after. So he did. If you ask me, hey, Cage, you won the championship, right? Besides Disney World, you know, you do the commercial. You just won the NBA championship. You dropped the 50 piece, right? You had five blocks. You basically put this team and the city on your back. And you brought a championship home after half a century, Right. You got people in chat saying you're the greatest Milwaukee athlete ever. How quickly we forget about Brett Favre. But it is what it is. Um, you mean Kareem? Kareem only won one with those guys. Um, and, you know, uh, 
there were better bucks than him. And remember, Aaron Rodgers is a great player. You know, Bart Starr was a great player. But 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 not to not to 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 get too much off the track. If you said Cage, you just won. You just won a championship. What do you do? You know what I do? I don't go to sleep. I stay up all night. I wind up hanging the taking the trophy with me to uh, Chick Fil A, and having a fifty piece at Chick Fil A. And you know what Giannis did? Exactly that. He slept. He didn't go to sleep. He stayed up all night. He took the trophy to Chick Fil A. He's eating chicken nuggets and taking pictures with the Chick Fil A employees, holding up his trophy. Now, if that's not the guy I'm supposed to root for, I don't know. What, I don't know what is. Cage, front runner. Cage says because we do a daily show, we say so many things that we can't even claim that our predictions are true. But I'll <laughs> tell you guys, Luca Nation, uh, this is two back-to-back championships that I – oh, my God, Cage. Your, your headphone. Hey, now. Moment of silence for Cage's soda drinking. But this is two championships in a row, uh, two NBA playoffs in a row, where uh, I've been really, really spot on. And i got to give the credit to my hard work. It's, it really comes down to watching the games, watching the games, watching the games. I, I really believe that. And uh, this was such a this is such a good story, man. Like just Giannis's story in general is a 30 for 30 movie, movie in and of itself. But like I got to respect how he's battled through adversity, uh, how he's found ways to – what are you so confused about? You how said we, Sons in Four. What are you talking about? You said Sons in Four. You've said it like 50 times. Sons in Four, Sons in Four. You said it's going to be Sons in Four. And now you're going to take credit for it being the Bucks. What's the matter with you? What 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 to me is the most uh, <laughs> respectful thing of this whole of this whole NBA playoffs for Giannis is there's very few superstars out there that play harder, the worse their offensive game the, their offensive game is, and that's what you saw from Giannis him affecting the game in different ways even when his shot was off, and what's so cool was seeing it all come together in the end and culminate with a 50 point game where he went 17 from 19 from the free throw line, after the entire playoffs he struggled shooting. That was pretty cool, Cage. It's so, like a rope dope. It was a rope dope. It was like Muhammad Ali. He's like, you know, he's letting him come in. He's a, he's not he's not he's not losing. He's getting mad, right? He's rope. He's a rope dope. So basically, you know, he waited until game six and said, "Go ahead, keep fouling me." I was pretending I can't shoot free throws. <laughs> Look, I can shoot these. I can shoot them just fine. I was. This was just. Oh, the, uh, you see what happened there? I just I figured out how to shoot free throws. Like, what the hell happened? How does that happen? Remember, I said it was mental. It's it's not mental. It's streaky. Like, I mean, he he couldn't he couldn't miss yesterday. He was Jeff Hornacek. Couldn't. <laughs> couldn't it, it happens. It, it's not as crazy as it seems. I know people like love the free throw thing, but I mean, hats off. And I gotta give hats off to Coach Buttholzer too because <laughs> I don't agree with all of his decisions. And there's like specific like kind of instances where I was like, why are you playing this guy and stuff like that. But um, he somehow he kept the team together. And Cage, they went they went 0-1 down to the Hawks. They went down 0-2 to the Nets. They went down 0-2 to the Suns. And those are all series that they came back and won. And you got to give credit to the team, the leadership, who, whatever was behind the scenes that kept that team together. So I couldn't be happier. So I here's what I'll happier. say about the Giannis thing. You definitely predicted it. You gave him as a play a bunch of times, and you definitely have been have – been By the way, guys, if you're out there listening to our daily listener – I can't remember exactly when it was, but I definitely gave the Prism uh, Giannis PSA 10 as a play around like 1100, 1200. 
Um, I think it was during the Atlanta Hawks series. So, guys, let me know what episode that is, if you can. Because what's funny is, right? I listened to so many episodes looking for this today. Because we talk about Giannis. Giannis is in the title. Giannis is in the description. But I don't know if I went back far enough. I went to listen to eleven different episodes today to try to find this play for Andrew, so that he can come on and say he was right. We know he made it, but I needed to find the actual. I love the feeling of being right because. Cage, I got to tell you, I love the feeling of being right because I hope others on the other end profited from that. Yeah. Well, so so the, I played the episode that was the, get, the day after Giannis got injured. And um, you talk about this being like a 30 for 30, right? Talk about this being like a Disney movie, right? Giannis's life, his career, just this year even, you know, coming back from COVID and the bubble and whatnot. But uh, – if you hear, I mean, just what we were talking about, we said, you know, the Bucks have to show up, right? That, 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 that this team relies on Giannis more than anybody else. And you were saying how, you know, how his knee looked really bad. You had a similar knee injury. And I was saying how, you know, we both kind of said when he walked off, wow, you want to talk about, um, you know, really, you know, putting on your shoulders there, right? I mean, walking off even though you're in that much pain. I read articles that saying, you know, the Buck season is done. His season's done. The Buck season's done, you know, and, and they did. They came out the next day and they, they, they won that game. And, and you could say that, the, you know, the game after where he wasn't there um, might have been the most important game, right? Because they could have easily just, you know, packed it in. So let's give a little credit to the rest of the team. 100%. Um, Drew know, Holiday. Drew Holiday showed up. I mean, some games he was invisible, and some games he really but showed Cage, up. That's what the casual fan misses, and that's why I, I, it's really frustrating and also, I guess, an opportunity. Like, Drew, his, his offensive game was so streaky, right? One game yep. he was like – he put up 30 points. The other game he put up 11 on, like, terrible shooting. But basketball is this beautiful sport that other sports don't have. Uh, hockey has this too, where you could impact the game on in different ways even when your shot's not going well. And that's what these guys do. Like Drew Holiday locked up the best uh, offensive player on the other team every single game. Every single game. So, so you, here's what I'll say, right? Again, you got to give Giannis his due. I'm not trying to take away from any of those guys, right? There are the playoffs, right? It's a centrifuge, right? In You don't know what that word is? Okay. Well, so you – know, Centrifuge. Yeah, you can look it up if you like. Uh, you're usually the one using big words and talking about books and stuff like that. So it's centrifuge is a device that uses centrifugal force to separate various components of a liquid. Correct. Right. So, so well, have you ever been on a ride or carnival where your back is up against the wall and it spins in a circle and it's centrifugal yes. force, right? So that's yes. what it is. That's basically a, a large centrifuge. But basically, what it does is, you know, it, it takes out impurities. It, you know, it it shows your true self, right? You use this to have your, you know. It, 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 if you spin a liquid, you know, the, the particles will fall to the bottom. Here's the deal, right? The playoffs, they do this for players, right? And Giannis stood tall when Chris Paul and Devin Booker did not. And in this, in this gauntlet of the playoffs, I find it funny. I, I know we posted a thing a while ago, Devin Booker as a ghost, you know, like Devin Booker disappearing. You know, we posted it on the Instagram page, like, where's Devin Booker? I mean, yes, let's give Drew Holiday some credit. But, you know, maybe it's because it was their first time there. Maybe it was the first time in the big stage. Um, you know, Booker and Chris Paul, disappointing. Disappointing, you know? like And, and Giannis, everything you could have expected from him and more. So you're hitting all my favorite topics. So this was topic number two. 
Um, Chris Paul, very disappointing because especially at the end of the game, you guys need to remember the game was tied after the third quarter. He did, you know, we call him the point god. Yep. Kind of, he was kind of in the in the shadows, in the darkness. He didn't go get the ball as much. He had turnovers. Uh, so Chris Paul, I agree, was very disappointing um, when they needed him. Devin Booker is actually my play of the day today. And this is how you guys are going to make money. So I'm going to card ladder right now as I explain to you why Devin Booker is my play on two fronts. It's both price action, but it's also an explanation to why Cage uh, said he disappeared. And he absolutely did. He disappeared from the game. He was complaining to the refs. People need to realize NBA season's 82 games. That's a long time. And the way the refs call the games in the regular season is not the same way that the refs call the games in the playoffs. And it's not even close to the way that the refs call the, ga- the games in the finals. And there's this important component of playing through contact, right? There was a ton of contact, a ton of contact. In, in a regular season game, Devin Booker would have had 35 points. Probably 20 of them would have been from the free throw line. But when you're looking through co- for contact instead of playing through contact, you're not going to get those calls in the finals. And I think this is really helpful for him because I think he's going to come back next season. And after being smothered by a Drew Holiday, Chris Middleton, and, the, and uh, P.J. Tucker, he's going to go against defenders that are way lower caliber. He has the experience and the memory of what, what just went, what just happened. So he's gotten better as an offensive player. But he's also going to get a lot of those calls. So it, it's a learning lesson. It's really hard. to it, we, we don't think it is. But like Kobe in his first playoffs, he airballed the ball five times. So there's a learning curve. There's a process. It's physical. It's mental. It's understanding the game. The Bucs haven't gotten to the, playoffs, uh, to the finals before, but they've gotten to the playoffs. And, and they've talked about that adversity, that they've learned how to be resilient. And you saw that. How many times was Giannis hacked last game, and how many times did he finish at the rim through the contact? That's a yeah. big, subtle difference. It's weird, man. You know, I guess you can't do it all game. I have friends who are, you know, casual basketball fans. They were texting me during the game saying, why do they go away from Giannis on the inside? Giannis can literally get to the rim anytime he wants. And they go up by 10. And then either Giannis goes out of the game or Giannis is in the game and he just disappears. He starts taking jump shots. And all of a sudden, they allow the Suns to get in. Like, like why doesn't the coach just say, keep dumping it in? They cannot stop it. Why? So, But you're right. It's, it's, how, it's how the game is being called. It's how the game is being played. How much do you blame somebody like Chris Paul for that, who's supposed to be the point guard? At one point, I saw his stats. He was like 10 of 17 for like 20-something points. He did not have a bad statistical game, and I don't want to say that, right? But ultimately, you know, the points don't really matter if you lose. And I think at, at right. a point in the game where, where it's late in the game, fourth quarter, and they see that how it's being called, don't, don't you – maybe Aiton in foul trouble is problematic because, you know, you can't really dump it inside to Frank Kaminsky and hope for too much, right? Um, but – you know, do you switch it up? You know, do you go bigger? You know, should we take the ball out of Cam Johnson's wild hands? He's athletic, but you know, it's great to be athletic and fly, but you gotta make a shot every once in a while. He, that guy's as streaky as it gets. You know, does it come down to Chris Paul? You know, and and you know, is it the coach? Was it Monty Williams' fault for not not telling these guys? All right, the refs are calling you. And another one, you're Devin Booker play. I love it, but you're the first to admit the dude can't shoot threes. He doesn't shoot threes, but um, and when you needed to yesterday, I was thinking about you saying this, right? So you, you, I'll give you more credit. You said to me, "Hey, I watched Booker's game. 
Why does he only shoot three pointers every game? I mean, we, this was an off, off, off camera conversation we had. Mm-hmm. Let's, well, let's talk about Booker. I like the guy, but why is he not shooting threes in today's game? You know, he's like the antithesis of what you what you'd want out there. The guy could score seventy, but he's not doing it from three, right? Like, how come he's not shooting three pointers? And then here you are. Yesterday they they're down and they need to start shooting threes at the end of the game, and he's missing. Well, he, he, well, when he gets the ball at the three-point line, he punk fakes and gets to, to the lane. He loves getting to that mid-range, which I get, but um, he has to work hard for his shots. There's, 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 on, on your point, so why I get on Kevin Durant is uh, – <laughs> <I'm probably, laughs> Just stay with me. Just stay with me, bro. Okay. There's physical limitations in the game, and then there's mental limitations. When, you, when there's physical limitations, there's only so much you can do. Mental limitations, you have more opportunity to fix those. So with Durant, to me, his his limitations are mental, okay? It's his mindset of not being a competitor and be, not taking over the game every single game, which he can do. He has those physical talents to do it. Seven foot. Durant is as good of a defender as he is an offensive player if he really wanted to play. With Chris Paul, as much as you want to blame him, or and yeah, he, the, the responsibility falls on his shoulders. Look at his physical stature compared to the other guys. He's six foot. He's not very strong. Like, remember, he was trying to get to the ref, and Bobby Portis basically just stood there, and Chris Paul couldn't move him. He's 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 maxing out his physical limitations, uh, physical abilities, competing against Giannis, who's a who's a beast. Drew Holiday, who's a he's a beast. Drew Holiday is one of the strongest players in in, in the league. If you ask the Drew Holiday, the, should have had if this is a regular season game, he would have fouled out in the first quarter. And that's your point about how the refs call it different in the playoffs. Scott, Fo- Scott Foster is a, is is a <laughs> is a trip in of itself, but it, it, physically, Chris Paul doesn't have enough to. Okay, when maybe his shot's not going, I could get to the rim and dunk, or passing. Like it seems like passing is super easy, but it's not. Like why is Jokic such a good passer? Well, because he sees over the defense, right? Why are why are quarterbacks? Why are they tall? So he could throw off the, over the offensive line. These are physical um, Russell, Wilson, Russell Wilson and Drew Brees. They've had to learn different skills because they didn't have that physical ability. So same thing in basketball. So as much as the responsibility is on Chris Paul, he's just physically limited. Okay. So Booker. Booker's your play. Specific? Face? Yeah. Face, yeah. But, but like, look at this cage. So 717, okay? The, the base was 1059 bucks. okay? Mm-hmm. The high was thirteen hundred on seven ten, which is when they got to the to the finals. The low in the last three months, according to card, card letter da- data, was six thirty eight. Okay, that was on four. Today, the card is seven ninety seven. So just one day ago, it was a thousand fifty nine, and now it's eight hundred bucks. Cool. Cool. Let's go to the silver and card ladder. This is free data. I also recommend subscribing to. So you get to see more data, you know, I think over a year or a lifetime, but this is three months. And, so you, and if you pay, you don't just see more data. They got pictures of Chris on there. <laughs> Do you know Chris and Josh are actually pretty big guys? Apparently they're like six foot three. Yeah, yeah, I've seen pictures. Yeah, uh, so what are you saying? You have, yeah, I should stop. I'm going to see him this week at the National. I should, I should not say that if you get the VIP membership, there's pictures of Chris included. You think they're going to kick my ass? In my head, I think that there's going to eventually be like a three-on-three, two-on-two basketball tournament, and I think that they're going to be the most difficult team. Card talk, we're going to destroy. Sasha <laughs> uh, Tomid on his one or two-man crew is going to get rocked. Uh, but those Chris Hodge and, and uh, Josh is 
They're not yeah, going to be because you want to know what I'm afraid of. That you know who their threesome? It's Christina's PC, and she she's going to dunk on you. She is going to throw one down on your head. That's what's going to happen. That's now. Deal. That's now what I'm most talk, afraid of. <laughs> now let's talk about the the Booker Silver. So the Booker Silver was 6,400. It was 6,600 at its high, or right around 7,000. And then last night there was a sale for 4,385 bucks. Wow. So to me, this is how the rich may get richer. They don't buy Giannis after the, the bell last night. They buy him when Andrew gave you a play for $1,200 for his base. And they buy – K just holding back a smile. I love that. I love – because you're referring yourself in the third person. I love it. You buy it when Andrew tells you to buy but they, it. But they buy Devin Booker when his cards are oversold. And this guy is 24 years old, has a bright future, has an offensive game and an offensive repertoire unlike any uh, we've seen in a long time, honestly. Uh He's, he's going to be a great player. He's got a lot of potential. He's got a lot of work to do to polish out that offensive game, but I think he's got it. The, that's my one of my plays of today. I have two plays. That's one of my plays. It's the booker. If you could get the silver, get the silver. If not, go for the base. You could even wait maybe one or two weeks, but that to me is clear data from Card Ladder that both the prism and the silver are oversold. Do you want to make your second play now? Because I'm not sticking in basketball. My, my play is – Okay. Give me your top five centers in the league. Currently, yep. Are there five centers? <laughs> I don't do the so so Joker, Joker's number one. Shaquille O'Neal, um, no, Sha- Shaq doesn't count, right? I mean, he would be a top five center if he was playing. No, no. Right? So so Joker. Let's be real honest. Can I count Durant as a center? No, nope. really, right? Durant's not a center. Durant. He's seven foot tall. I don't care. He plays like a, Durant there. plays like a small forward. <laughs> put him in there. Uh, let's see Wh- what other centers are there. I mean, obviously, and is a good center. Um, Aiton really showed up in these playoffs. I don't know if I put him in the top five, but I can't, I'm having a hard time coming up with Anthony you know, Davis. Five Anthony Davis. Davis is a center, he's sort of like yes. a power forward. All right, so Davis center. definitely top five. Who else? Like, who else centers? Just give me a sec. I'll, t- I'll try to think about it. Like, who, who plays center for the Knicks? I don't even know. One of the maybe Brooke Lopez does he count? Brooke Lopez is sort of a center, right? Does he make the top five? I don't, dude. I don't even. I don't even know. There's so few like true centers out there. The fact that you don't know is actually kind of the. It's fascinating, and it tells me everything that we need to know about my play. Um, and it's the same year as Devin Booker, and it's Carl Anthony Towns. Is he a center? That's the thing about the NBA, man. These guys, they don't really play positions anymore. Like, there's all, there's really You've no asked, is he guys. a center about every single guy that we've listed? Yeah, because there are no real positions. You know what I'm saying here. I mean, I guess he's a center, but, you know, I mean. Big man. man. Yeah, all right. So he's definitely a big man. He's definitely a big man. He's definitely a big man. It's, it's actually, I'm on card ladder. His cards have got, have appreciated a little bit, which shows me that there's some off-season buying and speculation going on before next season, which is only 90 days away, guys, which is crazy to think about. NBA season is three months away. Um, but that's my play. 2015, Carl Anthony Towns. And this is a play that I actually would sell in the lead-up to the NBA season or maybe in the first 10 to 15 games. Here's the thing. Carl Anthony Towns is good, and he's really good. And a lot of the Timberwolves' lack of success is that he they haven't had any continuity. He's been injured. They have been rebuilding, and they don't have a lot of talent. But they have a decent core now to build around with Carl Anthony Towns, Anthony Edwards. Who knows if Ben Simmons ends up going there? This team is two, three, four years away from really being anywhere, but 
please don't hold for that long. I expect Carl Anthony Towns to come out next season and start to have these conversations around like, have we been sleeping on him? He's going to be putting up 25 and 10, double-double guy. And the, the thing that Jokic, I think, did was open the door for uh, the market to invest in big men. Okay? So that's my play. I think Carl Anthony Towns has a lot of talent. He's young. And his cards are severely, severely underpriced because of last year's lack of performance. You know, I should know the center position better than this because I do love a big man. So in any event... I love your plays, and not because I think Devin Booker is going to be the next Kobe or because Carl Anthony Towns is handsome. I like the <laughs> rationale behind the plays, right? I, I like the reasoning behind the plays. It's, it's almost cyclical plays. It's almost oversold kind of plays. You give a strategy, right? Towns, that team has been terrible, but they're going to be on the upswing. But you're not, you're not holding it for two years. You're giving, you're giving specifics to it, right? It's like it's buy it now when no one's looking and sell it in three months in the lead up to the season or when the season just starts and, he's, and, and he, he goes out there and has you know four straight 20-point, 10-rebound games in the first week, right? You explain why Booker is now being beaten up because people overbought him hoping that he would win the championship. And now that he didn't, he's oversold, right? So that's good because there are other guys. If you, if you don't want to buy – um, Devin Booker, maybe Aiton's cards will come down for the same reason, right? If you're an Aiton believer, right? If you want to go with the big man strategy, right? The, you know, there's 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 more to it than just the name and the card that you're you're putting out there, and that's kind of where I want to go. Also, uh, I spent some time last night at the Bleaker trading night, right? It was awesome trade night at Bleaker, and um, had a good time. Came home smelling like cigars, um, and you know, lots lots of great conversation, lots of great trading. Um, towards the end of the night, I'm like, you know, I got to make a deal. I'm smoking a cigar. I got to celebrate, you know, I'm celebrating my deal here. Like, you know, I, I brought a lot of stuff, you know, with me for my collection, but I brought some, you know, what I call like liquid cards. And I always like to try to, you know, make a deal in someone else's favor. You know, I, I, I did this the last couple of trade nights. I do it again. You know, if it's a sale, you know, buy a, buy a bunch in bulk and, um, and, you know, I'll, I'll deal in your favor. And, um, I met, uh, a couple guys from Hot Corner, a store in Brooklyn, which I used to go to as a kid with my father. I didn't even know it was still there. It's amazing. Um, but a couple kids from Hot Corner, um, you can follow them on Instagram if you like. And they're like, oh, what do you got? You're trading. They had great you know, boxes of stuff. You know, they were selling to Leighton. Um, you know, they were selling Leighton. I think I Leighton was trying to buy a Gretzky rookie from them maybe. I mean, everybody had some cool cards for trade. And I, the liquid cards that I had there, where I had a stack of five uh, Tatis rookie PSA 10s and a stack of five Acuna PSA 10s, right? So I've given Acuna as my play. So I, he'll be what I talk about again, and then I'll give another one. It's, it's timing your plays and also feeling out the market, right? So I put Tatis down on the table, and we looked at comps, and the comps are like 150s, some 170s. You know, they're probably going to be on its back, back up, and it'll probably be 200 bucks soon, you name it. But you guys know I have Tatis. I don't have many more of them, but I have a stack of five of them. I probably have one or two left here in my house, but uh, five. Let me get some cash. Let me, you know, make a deal. And, you know, the, at 150 would be 750 bucks. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? I'll do better than that on one. If you take all five, how about 600 bucks? Cheap, $120. You're not going to get that anywhere else. Of course, they jumped all over it. So now I get the stack of five Acuna there. And Tatis, he's you know a favorite of the MVP. You name it, he's gonna you know he's gonna uh, 
He's having a great year. These guys, they probably flipped the card. I put the stack of Acunas there, and I'm ready to, you know, blow out those Acunas. Five of them, I'll give 100 bucks each or something like that. You know, like, just here you go. 500 bucks. You get five Acuna PSA 10s. Nobody wanted them. Right? Nobody wanted them. Nobody, nobody wanted to touch Acuna. Right? And, and it's interesting, right? Because to me, we always talk about supply and demand. There's no demand. But that's a guy you know there will be demand for again. And if there's no demand, and that's the kind of card that people were stacking, people were buying up, people were, were you know, have hundreds of, right? And they're going to National this week, or they're going to another show the week after, or whenever it is, even in the offseason, right? You, you got to expect he's going to come back, and maybe he'll be somebody in the offseason people are looking for. But you have to take advantage of that injury. You have to take advantage of the fact that, that you just learned people are not buying him. You're not going to have much competition. The competition, that, that's a buyer's market for Acuna, right? And here's a, another, another play. Um, I've given this one, and you guys know I own a bunch of these. So I'm not going to buy this after giving this play, and it's not something I'm trying to talk up or talk into existence. It's already happened. But Andrew had a great uh, talking point when we were talking about fractional the other day, right? We were talking about how there was a, the ability to make money on fractional in the secondary market, um, you know, on collectible with not only the, the the Mickey Mantle that they sold, but also the, the 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 Jordan that came after, right? So hey, get in on Jordan, get in on Mantle, get in on these things because what happens is the card goes up, fractional goes up. The card goes down, the fractional goes down. The card goes up again, your fractional is going to follow it. That's kind of what happened, right? So you have this window of, of being able to trade. So take it out of fractional for a second, right? And just talk about that with the regular market. There are leading indicator cards, right? Like that Jordan card. That's a good indicator that things are going to move back up. Supply got, you know, disappeared. Uh, Ken Golden came out and did a video about it, right? Um, then you see other cards, the, the LeBron Chromes going down as low as like 11 or 12, and they start to go back up 15, 16, 18, you see them selling for, right? Um, and I don't own any of those, but obviously they're going back up. The, you know, you see the, the refractors start to move back up. You, you'll, you'll probably start to see Kobe stuff move back up. You know what's funny? There are cards that went up in this. And Andrew talked about this in a different episode, saying how, you know, if you missed it in February and you're sitting there in March or April saying, wow, I wish I got in. Well, a couple weeks ago, you said, get in now. And now you have your opportunity to get back in your DeLorean and get that card at the price you missed it at the end. You thought it was a bargain then. Wow, you missed it. So one of the cards, and I could probably name 50 of these cards, but I want you guys to look up these cards. They're the it's, ones it's, you wanted. It's ahead. a set of criteria is what you just created. Yeah, it's, and you can research this, right? Yeah. And I'll give you one great example, but I, like I said, I could probably give you 50 of them. It's cards that ran up. It's iconic cards. It's blue chip cards. You don't want to get you know garbage cards, but it's iconic and blue chip cards that were stagnant for a while and ran up during this, you know, this December, January, February. It hit a peak. And they've come down, but they have not caught that bump back up yet. But you can expect, based on all of this other data that's out there, that they are going to be next to do that. And the perfect example I give, and you guys, if you listen to us enough, you probably know where I'm going because it's one of the few cards I still have multiples of. It's just an example, the 1992 Bowman Mariano Rivera. right? That card was as high as like $1,700, $1,800 for that when we were hitting our peak. Last week, I saw them selling in the 500s again. I mean, we're talking about like a real discount, 600 bucks, nobody auctions in the high fives. Now, they may start to curve back up, 
and I'm not telling you it's going to go back to 1700 next week, but if you can take advantage of somebody selling those at 500 bucks, it doesn't have to get to 700. I mean, maybe you have to buy it at 600. Maybe it goes back to 1200. You've just doubled your money on a guy you don't have to worry about tearing his ACL, on a guy you don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to win any championships, and a guy you don't have to worry about whether or not he's going to get into the Hall of Fame as the only player to ever get in unanimously. Uh, like I said, that's just one example, and I'm not telling you to rush out and buy that card. It's just one that's easy for me to talk about because I know that card. But Barry Sanders' 89 score is another one, right, if you want to go into football, right? You know, any of these guys that are like, you know, goat, borderline goat, top of their game, you know, Hall of Famers, um, guys that people collected that have been beaten down and have not, they're not the ones that are the leaders to bring this back up, but they'll, they'll be the followers. To, they'll, they'll rising tide if it goes back up again. You can get these cards at huge discounts now. Who's your play? My play was Acuna specifically, but I've given Acuna a bunch of times, so I wanted to make – you know I, I don't want to like go back to that well. You went strategy today. But, that but is a very unlikely – That Acuna play, but, but it, it had me thinking more about like I don't – there are th- there's an opportunity now. There's a window, and that window may be a week. That window may be two weeks because you can see it. You can see in the numbers. You can see in the engagement, right? You can see in what's going on in the hobby on Instagram. You can see there's some more optimism about cards. Maybe it's because of the national. You know, people are having fun. I mean, myself personally, I mean, in the last couple of weeks, I was interviewed by some some French news outlet at Bleaker Trading. I'm on like Yahoo Sports search Cage Lawyer. It comes up, right? Uh, last night I was interviewed by some Japanese media at Bleaker Trading, right? About Shohei Otani. That's all they wanted to talk about. Uh, you know, I obliged. Turns out, on, turns out he could be a star even without speaking perfect English, right? Yeah, he could be a star. I'm on Card Porn Heroes. Lamim made me a meme today. We still got more. Uh, we still got more. You know, Top Shot moments to give out. But the point is, we're having fun, mm-hmm. right? There was a time there where there was a little less fun, right? There was a little less interaction. Maybe people were a little worried, right? And we were talking about, hey, you know, the bubble burst. Will it ever come back? And there are signs of life, right? I'm hoping it's not a dead cat bounce. You know, we talk about that in the market, right? I'm hoping it's just like a sustained kind of, you know, back up on the backswing. But the point is that, you know, what Andrew's telling you about jumping in on these cards, that's a strategy. My strategy is if you believe that this, we've hit the bottom, right? And we're working our way back up then there is a small window of opportunity open now for you to get in on things. Just like there's a small opportunity when the collectible secondary window opens and the Michael Jordan card is at 26 a share and you know it's going to go to 38. You got to jump in when you jump in, you know, you got to, because that window's going to close on you. It's the same thing. That's a microcosm. This is, this is macro here, right? This is, you know, we're talking about you have to find those cards that just haven't been bought yet and be the first one to buy them. And have the liquidity, right? Yep. A lot of those times the window isn't for um, junior level cards, even though sometimes there is junior the kind of lower tier cards. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the window is in those 500 to $5,000 cards. And it's, you need to have that liquidity on hand to capitalize. Listen, I'll be the first one to say it. I'll be the first one to say it. There's a million podcasters, a million content people out there. I'm gonna, I'll be the first one to say it. I think base is going to make a comeback. I think, and I'm going to regret that I sold everyone at base cards. I think what Trey's base cards are selling for now is, is it's 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 a shame. I think what Zion's cards are selling for, and I know there's a huge number and it's a huge mountain, and there's plenty more PSA. And I'm not saying it's going to happen even this year, but I think with all the stuff that's coming in now, as far as like making these things liquid, as far as making a ten, a ten, a ten, 
as far as like gamifying these cards, basically making it making it into a stock market. I think that that you know having those those base cards, you know, means something. Be the actual stock of the of the player. I think that's going to come back in vogue. And also, when there's a new entry into the marketplace, with a new market participant, it's the easiest thing for them to get in. Right, it's like buying a share of something. You know, it's great to talk about, and everyone was right. You're all right. You're all geniuses. That the way to go was numbered cards and logo men, and and gold prism. We all, yes, you're right, 100. But guess what? 99% of the market participants can't do that. And if people come back and more people get involved, the base is the easiest way to get in. Go ahead. Also, base never left. It just got ahead of itself by a lot more than we're used to. Yep. Luca prisms are still. 50x what they were just two or three years ago. So like base never left. Uh, I'm with you. Let's talk about NFTs and dead cat bounces. I'm worried Top Shot is a dead cat waiting to get die uh, even more. Uh, but NFTs and NFT market in general. Uh, Listen, I'll talk about Top Shot. I will. Um, you know, and Lamine put put me out there today, which is great. I really believed in Top Shot. They did one good thing in the last month. They did this thing for the Suns. They brought they brought Suns fans who like had collector score Suns fans to the um, to game five. I think they had eight of them, ten of them, whatever it is. They had enough collector scores, random chosen, the whole deal. And that's a good way of showing utility, partnering up with a team and the whole deal. But unfortunately, when you've built up this 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 user base of a half a million people, helping out five just doesn't cut it, right? You know, and do a little comparison. You and I talked about the Panini um, blockchain. It has its warts also, and hopefully they're quicker to yeah. fix them. We also about liquidity, right? It's in and out on PayPal, and there's an auction. You want out of something, you list it, and 24 hours later, it's not yours anymore. Whatever amazing, the market says. Amazing first point. So I have a Bradley Beal serial number one right now. Yep. It's an impossible card to sell. It's, it's, you can't, it's an impossible moment to sell when there's no liquidity in the market. Yeah, you would have to list it basically every day and then relist it $5 less, $10 less. You'd have to do it that way, which who wants to do that? And I mean, I know I was not the first one on this platform, but I know when I got on, people were clamoring for auction style or, or make an offer. Make an offer. Anyone offer, you know what I mean? Let people make an offer, right? You know, and that is a huge problem with it because it also hampers your ability to really value those things, Right. You know, they do a lot of stuff right, but they do a lot of stuff wrong. And I don't know if they're focusing on, you know, keeping the NBA players happy who have who have been involved in it. I don't know what they're focusing on exactly, but there are a few little changes that they could make that would really help them. And and in addition, I mean they really look, they grew and they had a lot of numbers, but they really ramped up the numbers on these things. I mean, we're here talking about hey, a Zion you know, a Zion um, PSA 10 has a pop of 18,000, yeah. right? And how, how's it ever going to be worth money? Well, the last Zion, you know, Top Shot moment they came out had more than twice that amount. There are 40,000 of them. And, 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 that was his, and that was his 17th moment. It still may grow. It still, those numbers still may go up. Well, I saw a funny thing about, about somebody posted it. I apologize. I'm not going to give you credit for it. I'll, I'll look and maybe I'll post who it was. But it was like Giannis. Two-time Defensive Player of the Year, MVP, four-time, you know, All-NBA, 
you know, all these accolades, and it said, and the the bottom line was 675 Top Shot moments, 675 <laughs> different Top Shot moments, because he's basically got like a thousand moments on there. So I didn't like. Um, so and guys, we're not. I hope this comes off the right way. So just to, to put it in the right bucket, not at all upset or resentful. No. And in fact, it was quite a successful project. But we have a duty. Uh, and I'm learning that that's, that's a responsibility to our community that we just have to tell it how it is and hopefully help people make money. But more important, uh, you know, you don't want to help. You don't, if you see something, you want to spare people from avoiding to lose money or fall into pits that you've fallen into. And I didn't like that they're much less engaged uh, on social media now that things are, I, I don't know, slower or whatever it is. When, when things were good and prices were booming, they seemed like the, the internal team seemed like they were having the time of their lives. Well, and then think just, about it, right? They got they big announcement. Michael Jordan's investing. A group of investors, including Michael Jordan, is investing. Well, what the hell happened? What'd you do with that money? What'd you do with Michael Jordan? Where's, where's the Jordan moments? Yeah, $350 million is how much they got. So, I mean, good for them. But I think their product was better before they got that money. I think their engagement was better. Sometimes that happens. You know, sometimes that happens. You know, you you grab that brass ring and you, you take your foot off the gas. But you what know do what you happens? think of what, what is your take? So, Top Shot aside, anything on NFTs? So, you, Cage, you've dabbled a little bit, right? So, Top Shot. I mean, in January, you didn't even know what Bitcoin or Ethereum was. <laughs> Top Shot. Then Twitter apparently felt Jack Dorsey loves you, so he sent you a, a Twitter NFT. No, he What's just knows I'm on? jiggly. He knows I'm jiggly, so I got to jiggle. I got a Twitter jiggle. I'm, Not I'm for long. Me. Stop describing yourself like that. The way you talk about yourself. I'm going to be hard. down 40 pounds for the national. I'll yes, you will. 252.8. I'm down 36 pounds. Thank you, Luca Nation Fit Fam, for all of your help, all your inspiration, all your fun on that. Um, 225 I'm, is the real goal by the end of the year. Yeah, but but 248.8 by national, that's a 40-pound weight loss. I'll take that. I'll take that since May 4th. I will you know, celebrate bad. it for the day, but we, we have bigger goals. In <laughs> no, front. we're going to celebrate. I'm celebrating by eating. I'm celebrating by gaining 10 of it back while we're in Chicago for three days. Let's go. No, so, so, so NFTs, look, I hate to say it, but Gary and, and a lot of folks are right, right? I don't want to say that it's a web 3.0, whatever the heck he's calling it, right? A lot of these things are going to, are, are going to, um, you know, fail. I mean, Twitter, sometimes I expect NFT Twitter to eat itself. Right, you know, you knew Top Shot had problems when Jack Settlement and like Cryptoed were fighting with each other about like who got VIP status. Right, I, I think I posted that on you. Check it out on my page. Um, but but this week there was something minted. I forget what it was. What was what was what was the NFT where uh, allegedly it was it was done by a twelve year old, and then everybody was going crazy because it's like oh this twelve year old minted this, and it's like no, he's not really twelve. And the price went from like, you know, half an Ethereum down to like 27 cents. And then it turns out he really was a 12-year-old who did the project. And it went back up. I'm trying to remember what, what the heck it was. But it was just amazing to watch the 24-hour period of all these guys in crypto. And you know who I watched? Remember we had Plunge Father on, you know, from the Plunge In, right? And he was huge in Top Shot. And he was doing mm -hmm. that stuff. Well, he got into Bored Apes. And then he got into the, the, the cats and, and he was in this and I, I, I follow him and I see like he, he the ups and the downs of I don't want to go to sleep because if I do, this thing's going to go down to 27 cents, you know, and I'm going to wake up and it's not going to be worth anything. I'll have to, I'll have to look at what it was. can't believe I'm forgetting 
you know, what it was that, that got minted. This I, other, can't, you know, I can't even throw you a lifeline because I, I don't know. There's so much fatigue in it. There's these 10,000 NFT, you know, avatar type NFTs, right? Where, you know, basically following the lead of CryptoPunks, where everybody's coming out with a different type of avatar. And Bored Ape succeeded. Crypto, you know, CryptoPunks are there. You know, this, the, you know, cool cats are, are, are doing friends, but, but there are so many other copycats. And, you know, eventually somebody, a lot of people will be left holding the bag on this stuff. And a lot of them are just going to fail. So we're just copying the same thing. It's just, you know, bad. What do you think of, uh, so I don't know if you saw this, a, a crypto punk is going to be fractionalized on rally. I mean, what, what kind is it? Is it, is it an ape? Is it a, is it an alien? It's a crypto punk. I, yes. Okay. There are certain rare ones that are, you know, more valuable. So maybe it's one of those. Do you know which kind of punk it is? I will find out for you. No, it's okay. It was one of like 4,000 women punks who have a specific hair and are smoking. Oh, lovely. Okay. That's, Does that help? That's, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. Fraction, so NFTs meet fractional auto investing, meet CryptoPunk 9670 coming soon on Rally Road. Number to 10,000. Punks launched in 2017 as one of the first Ether NFTs. 9670 is one of 3,840 females and one of 10 females with crazy hair and nerd glasses. There you go. All right. So it's a rarity. So it, it, the kid was Obi-Wan Benobi. And the 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 project was Weird Whales. I'm telling you, look it up. It was it was a very interesting uh, synopsis of what uh, what Twitter can do on these NFT projects. <laughs> How, it was, woo, one of these kind of things, you know. Everybody was like, "Wow, it's a twelve year old. We got to get in on this. It's awesome. It's amazing." Um, and then it wasn't. So, all right, man. Listen, I got to bounce. And that's an episode. And that's an episode. Are you celebrating? Is Chick Fil A at the door? So you're celebrating with Chick Fil A no, right no. now? No, McDonald's will be at the door. Let's go. Good stuff. McDonald's, McDonald's will be at the door. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see if there's a McDonald's at the door. Okay, so, so I gave you, you go, YouTube. YouTube gets a treat. This episode of Lucas Tigers and Bronze was brought to you by Hybrid Grading Approach. Take it from someone who has personally submitted thousands of cards for grading. HGA slabs just hit different. They're top of the line and color-coordinated to match the card itself. The aesthetics are unrivaled in the industry. When paired with the ease of submission and the transparency of the pricing model, HGA stands alone as the best choice for grading your cards. I believe that once you try them out, you will agree. Thanks for listening, Luca Nation. Thank you for spending some time with us on another episode of the Luca's Tigers and Bronze Oh My podcast. Um, do us a favor and like, subscribe, Ah, you know what? Don't just like and subscribe. Everybody does that. If you like us, tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies, tell everybody. And uh, we hope you got something from spending some time with us today, and we'll see you next time. Thank you.